Beaming American television to Japan for the first time was a big deal. The people of the island nation would now see television in a whole new light. Just hours before the first satellite transmission, everything changed. Welcome to Top Fold, a podcast about all the news that would have been. I'm your host, Luke Hefley. Here at Top Fold, we explore monumental events that didn't make the top story only because that spot was already taken. The space race was on. America was in the early stages of battling Russia for the supremacy of the great unknown and was finally having limited success. President Kennedy's declaration of putting a man on the moon by the end of the decade was a priority for American engineers everywhere, and reliable communication satellites were going to be a great step forward. The rivalry between the United States and Russia was waged 24-7, and when Relay 1 was launched, few believed America was leading the crusade. Relay 1 was an American communications satellite. It was funded and placed in orbit by NASA, but actually developed by a major American electronics company, RCA. It was launched attached to a Delta B rocket for low Earth orbit. Relay 1's main goal was to relay television transmissions between multiple countries around the globe. This was actually the second satellite to explore this idea, for the Tesla satellite was launched earlier with only limited success. Although it was natural for the United States to invite countries like the United Kingdom, France, West Germany, Italy, and Brazil to be a part of the relay experiment, President John F. Kennedy was adamant about including Japan. Leaning on the new frontier belief of space exploration and connecting the United States with Japan through satellite communications, this became one of the president's top priorities. With this emphasis, he sent his brother, Robert F. Kennedy, to Japan on a friendship tour. It was a popular endeavor, paving the path for President Kennedy to visit the next year and to become the first sitting U.S. president to visit the island nation. Think about that. President Kennedy previously served as a South Pacific commander of numerous PT or patrol torpedo boats during World War II, most famously the PT-109, which was cut in half by a Japanese destroyer. Losing two members of his crew, an injured Kennedy and others had to swim to a small local island where they were stranded for days before being rescued. For his heroism, Kennedy later received a Purple Heart along with a Navy and Marine Corps medal. Now, less than two decades later, with his shrinking world philosophy, Kennedy was showing how the world could become a little bit closer, more peaceful, and more welcoming to the Japanese citizens. If everything went well, Relay 1 would be the first satellite to broadcast television from the United States to Japan. Would it even work? Being so early in the space era, any small mistake from launch to actual broadcast could be disastrous. Even the possibility of sabotage from Russia was on the long list of possible setbacks for the Relay 1 endeavor. Although President Kennedy was optimistic, with so many unforeseen variables, the reality of this satellite actually beaming television broadcast from the United States to Japan was far from certain. No one knew for sure if it would actually work at the moment of need. The White House and President Kennedy were excited that his welcoming speech would be the very first thing the citizens of Japan would see. He pre-recorded a message about how with this new communication, quote, the Pacific is no longer a barrier, but a bridge. He wanted closer relations and mentioned how the two countries had previously met to discuss science and culture and said, at this very time, some cabinet members are in Japan talking about economic trade and progress. Kennedy's cabinet members, Treasury Secretary Dillon, Commerce Secretary Hodges, and several other high-ranking economic officials were meeting their Japanese counterparts in Tokyo. 
Kennedy's message of peace with strengthening the ties of friendship and ties of understanding was a welcoming tone for the Japanese people. That broadcast would never air. Did the satellite fail? Was there a breakdown in the transmission? Had Russia interfered? Or had the Japanese officials decided that a connection to the American broadcast wasn't in their best interest after all? No. Just two hours before President Kennedy's message was to beam across Japan, he was gunned down by an assassin's bullet in Dallas, Texas. On November 22, 1963, at 12.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, shots were fired from the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository. And while riding in a presidential motorcade through Dealey Plaza, President Kennedy was killed. Relay 1 worked to perfection. But instead of the message from President Kennedy, the very first broadcast transmission that the Japanese citizens witnessed was the announcement of his assassination. They say if you were alive on this day, you know exactly where you were when you heard the president had been shot. That goes for the Japanese people as well. For the next three days, the transmissions Japan received were all about this tragic event, including a broadcast titled, Record, Life of the Late John F. Kennedy. Sadly, this was the very first television program broadcast simultaneously in the U.S. and Japan. The funeral of the late president was the first globally significant event to be televised, and Japan was watching. Ninety-two nations were represented at the funeral by 220 high-ranking officials, many of them walking side-by-side side behind the horse-drawn casket. Although it was well after midnight in Japan, the country, along with the rest of the world, witnessed the most memorable image of that somber day. JFK's three-year-old son, John Kennedy Jr., known affectionately as John John, take a small step forward and salute his father's flag-draped coffin as it went by. That was the first three days of broadcast from the United States to the country of Japan. Instead of the planned regular American television shows and President Kennedy's pre-recorded message to the Japanese people, their first three days witnessed the news of the horrific assassination, the events that followed, including the president's assassin also being gunned down, and then the funeral. Of course, President Kennedy never completed his planned visit to Japan. Who knows how quickly the two nations would have worked together if he would have been alive. In regards to Relay 1, it worked well during these tragic times and helped the rest of the world mourn alongside America. It also worked flawlessly the very next year when the world watched the 1964 Summer Olympics that were broadcast from Tokyo, Japan. One can only imagine how it would have been for the people of Japan to see the president's inviting message instead of the tragic mayhem. By the way, Kennedy's cabinet members did not have the meeting that Kennedy mentioned in his speech. Their plane turned around somewhere between Honolulu and Tokyo after learning of the assassination. As a sign of the Kennedy's family legacy to keep the bridge between America and Japan open, decades later, Caroline Kennedy, the president's daughter, who was holding her mother's hand during her brother's tearful salute, became the first female United States ambassador to the nation of Japan. But on that faithful day, November 22, 1963, actually the 23rd in Japan, instead of seeing American television programs such as variety shows, News and scripted dramas, the Japanese witnessed the real-life drama of a monumental American tragedy. The celebration of two countries, once wartime enemies, taking a step towards friendship, was not to be. And there you have it. All the news that would have been. 
Thank you for joining us this week on Top Fold. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Top Fold Podcast and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcast. All my sources and research can be found at topfold.buzzsprout.com. There, along with other things that bring history to life. I'd like to thank David Wagler for the music. And if you like the show, please rate us and give us a review or simply tell a friend. That would be great. So until next time, there you have it. All the news that would have been.